Welcome back to the Pushing Buttons podcast. It is that time of the year, end of December. Y'all know what that means. It's Christmas. It's New Year's. It's game of the year. <gasps> oh! Season. <laughs> Unlike other people, we don't do ours at the beginning of December. We do ours toward the end of December where it makes sense, which is good because there is one game on the list that came out in December after the Game Awards happened. So yes, sir. stay tuned for that. Uh, before we get to the game of the year list, I'll explain how we came up with the list. All three of us, me being Kevin, I'm Kevin, by the way. Uh, I'm Robert. And I'm Kyle. We all independently of one another made a list of games that came out this year that we played and ranked them from one to ten and how, I guess, or, how we enjoyed it from know, ten to one. We tried to come up with ten games. <laughs> right. Some of us, anyway. <laughs> yeah. There isn't a single game on the list that all three of us played. And there are a lot of ties and tiebreakers and stuff to that doesn't really matter. We Wait, ended up... I have a question. What's up? So if there's only, you know, two people that play the game of the year that we pick... Uh-huh. But that wouldn't be the other person's game of the year because they never played it. No, it's the podcast's game of the year. It's the collaboration. Yeah. That's why we put points on them. So it yeah. was the total... So the whoever... Ends up not playing the game of the year. Has to play it, right? I could agree to that. And stream it? That's fair. I don't think that would be very possible. <laughs> anyway, after, before we get after, before we get to those <laughs> those final ten, there were five others that were listed that didn't quite make the cut, but I do want to talk about them, at least some of them. The first of which, first honorable mention for Pushing Buttons Podcast, Game of the Year 2018, honorable mention, World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth. And Kyle's the only one that can talk to talk about that at all? I mean... It was a big release for you. It was a big release. I, I did enjoy it, but uh, looking back on it as a whole, I feel like this expansion is already kind of dead to me. Wow. Because the new patch came out. It's honorable. For you to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, f- I thought I'd be more invested in the game. but You were when it came out. In, oh, yeah, absolutely. In all fairness. I mean, this came out in the summer when it's usually like, you know, no game, no high-profile games are released. Yeah. And, you know, it's always exciting for a Blizzard fan when a new MMO expansion comes out. Did it change much about the game? It took a lot away from it. Oh, okay. Because um, the game expansion prior to that was legion and that was uh it was pretty much highly regarded as a good expansion but this one took a lot out like from player control okay it introduced more rng with the azurite trade system but you know uh they released patch 8.1 i think earlier this week actually on tuesday so a week ago today basically yeah (laughs) if you're listening today uh and <laughs> wait, that made no sense. <laughs> Ding. Anyway, but anyway, I I just don't have any urge to go back and play it anytime soon. Gotcha. I'm burnt out on it. Yeah, uh, good game though at the launch. It was pretty fun. Honorable mention mm-hmm. number two. Let's hear Robert's thoughts on Far Cry Five. Ah, I knew, I knew it. <laughs> uh, is I didn't play a lot of new games this year, so that's why it's kind of, you know, it was on the list, but it was more towards the bottom. It was a really fun game. I'm a huge fan of the Far Cry series, so it was fun. I had a lot of 
fun. <laughs> it's a fun game that you had a fun but time I had with. A lot of fun. With fun. Um, <laughs> also fun. But at the same time, it wasn't anything like special or spectacular like some of the other ones higher on the list. There's nothing that set it apart and made it greater than just being a good Far Cry game. It's like Far Cry 3 3 or 4 <laughs> or whatever. In your eyes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I did play uh, one of the expansions. It got the other two, but I haven't played them yet. So it was a good game, just you know, it didn't make the cut for being higher. A GG. If it's a fun game, I think a better title for it would be Fun, fun Cry. Cry. Fun Cry. Yeah. <laughs> Fun Cry Five. That's a that's a whole different genre. The, yeah. Um, honorable mention number three. I'll talk about the Messenger. And I, when the game first came out, I've talked about it like two or three different times on this podcast now. And when it first came out, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I went back recently and played it on stream and enjoyed it a lot less the second time than oh. I did the first time. Like a lot less. Oh, and that speaks to, to the. Not the replayability so much, because they're adding a new game plus to it. Uh, it's just getting the same experience again and trying to convey my enthusiasm from the first playthrough into the second playthrough. It didn't carry over well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game f- still feels fantastic and absolutely earned a place being talked about for Game of the Year. Uh, obviously, in my opinion, not great enough to be one of the top contenders. It was personally one of my top contenders, but I was the only one of us that played it. And that's what all five of these honorable mentions are. It's all one person played each of them, Mm. so they didn't get very many votes. (laughs) Um, Messenger, fun game. Check it out. I recommend it. If you're into Metroidvanias, uh, get it. If you're kind of into them, wait for it to go on sale and get it. It's it's still worth a playthrough. Uh, Kyle, let's hear about Ashen. Honorable mention number four. I'm still in the middle of streaming that. still talk about it. You played it for like five hours. Yeah, I mean, it's got a really vibrant world. And you could tell they put a lot of thought into the lore of the game. Which, you know, is a lot's borrowed from the Souls games. Because clearly that's an inspiration for this project. For this developer. I feel like it borrows heavily from the Souls games to a point where it's a detriment because it doesn't feel as complex as a Souls game with, you know, all these different builds. Gotcha. The move sets feel very similar. The combat doesn't really feel like it branches out too much, aside from a few relics that you can equip to gain different, like, uh, passive effects, something like that. But I heavily enjoy just the ga- uh, the way the game looks. It's very unique aesthetically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, like, like, the characters don't have faces and the mm-hmm. the art style, it looks kind of paint, paint-like. I will give it this. Uh, it looks kind of paint. I love it how paint. It, it incorporates, like, these side quests for these characters. Uh-huh. And the world itself is more open than a Dark Souls or Bloodborne. I noticed that. Because it's not as so much linear as those games are, but it's more like an open world. And it kind of makes that style of game a little bit more accessible. It's a little bit more of an accessible version of the Souls style game, in my opinion. I would opinion. say so. Like, for you, for example, you're, yeah. you've never played them before. Right. I would say this is a great entry into that kind of gameplay. But for me, it's just not a very rewarding experience because even though it, it encourages exploration in the open world while you're doing these side quests, 
the rewards aren't very, uh, you know, uh, exciting to get. Like, yeah. I'll always be, you know, going off another tangent and ending up finding another spearhead for the 20th time. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, I've already collected this. It's not yeah. worth the effort. Yeah. Because you can only make spears from them. But, I mean, it's pretty enjoyable. It's I'm sure I'll finish it. $40 retail? Yeah, I think that's way too much. Because yeah. I got it on Game Pass, and right. I don't see myself ever buying it. I game. could see it being a $30 game. And most of that's just based on the art style. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the ambiance, the music, the sound effects, the characters. I just enjoy, uh, you know, doing a quest and then, like a main quest and coming back and seeing the town built up. Yeah. Like that's, that's the rewarding part of the game. Gotcha. Seeing that community grow. Gotcha. Honorable mention number five, last but not least, Dead Cells. Hmm. I'm kind of sad that this didn't make the top ten. Uh, I was the only one that played it, which I think is the only reason why. Otherwise, if mm. Kyle would have played it as well, I think it would have gotten quite a bit higher on the list. It's on my backlog for sure. Um, it, it is an incredible game. I, I talked in the past about how tight the controls are. It mm. is the best feeling, uh, like Metroid style, uh, roguelike ever, in my opinion. The, the weapons are all varied enough. The spells are all varied enough for it to be, uh, for it to justify as much variation as there is. And I know a lot of people don't like the roguelike style, especially in a Metroidvania where you have to keep going through over and over again and just, ooh, it changes the way the rooms are. But honestly, each each setting, like each level is different enough from one another that it's okay going back through the same levels over and over again. And there are branching paths too. So when you beat the first level, the second level you go to can be like 2A or 2B. It's not hmm. you're, like you're always going through the same every time. The boss fights are very varied. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> sucks to say, but it, it, it's it's a really good game. It's very atmospheric. It's story doesn't matter, but it has one. Uh, it's it's a really good game, and I recommend it to anybody that likes either Metroidvanias or roguelikes because it, it's great at both. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out at some point. It's yeah. worth it. And it does have its uh, uh, Dark Souls kind of background to it, too, because you collect cells instead of souls to Similar be able to enough. upgrade yeah. stuff. Yeah, and if you die, you lose them. <laughs> yeah. and But in uh, Dead Cells, once you die and lose your souls, you can't collect them again because everything rearranges. Oh, I see. So you, once you die, you're dead. But you can spend them at the end of every level to go for upgrades and stuff. But hmm. very good game. Uh, it's on Steam. It's on Switch. I think it might be on PS4. I'm not sure about Xbox One. I think it is. Okay. So I think I looked it up to try to see if it was something I wanted to download. Gotcha. It's a pretty cool game. It's a beautiful looking game. So now we're in the top ten. Top ten time. All right. <laughs> these these are our games of the year, and they are in an order that we ranked them in. So the last one will be our game of the year, but it's really the top three that matter, in my opinion. Mm. All these games were good, some of them better than others. It's just, it just so happens that some of us played some of them more than others, mm -hmm. and that goes with game number 10, which is Project Warlock, a game that I've been playing on stream lately. It's an old-school first-person shooter, takes inspiration from Wolfenstein 3D, from Heretic and Hexen. It's... Once again, like with Dead Cells, every level, every environment is varied. It even, I, I noticed not just the enemies, but even the pickups for like health and mana and ammo. Mm. Maybe not ammo, but health and mana and the like barrels and stuff that you break open. They're, 
they change based on the level, like the the frozen level, Antarctica. All the mana and health pickups are crystals. They're like frozen mm. health and frozen mana. It's just little differences, little like details that. like that. that exactly. Make the game even it's, bigger than it feels. Yeah, exactly. It makes it feel like the the developer gave a damn about actually making a a game that people would enjoy playing every <laughs> level and it wouldn't be the same because it. Back in the day when that, that style of first-person shooter was a big thing, there weren't that many of them, but now there's tons of them, and people mm-hmm. can go back and play Doom. People can go back and play Wolfenstein 3D, et cetera, et cetera. Um, every level is varied enough that you want to keep going through, and I'm actually wanting to beat this game, and I'm going to sometime soon. I wish I could have before recording this, <laughs> but it didn't happen. Um, fantastic game. I think it's 12 bucks full price. Nice. So totally worth it. Absolutely 100% worth it and there's uh enemies encased in entire ice blocks yeah those that are shoot great. lasers at you those are great that took me by surprise like i what i really enjoyed from watching you stream that is uh the way the hit boxes work and the animations that play when the enemies are hit by your like say your shotgun okay like yeah. that ice enemy in particular it would like break off chunks of ice uh-huh. And then he would like fall out of it, and then you'd shoot him one last time and right. die. The the Yeti creature, how you'd shoot it, and one of its arms would pop off, and then yeah. you keep shooting it, and another one of its arms would fall off, and it'd still be trying to attack you with no arms. <laughs> yeah, and waddling it's up crazy, to you. man. That, it, I it give is, him props for that. It is great. The guns feel exactly how you'd think they would. The yeah. pistol is old school first person shooter pistol. It's not that powerful, but it's uh, all the weapons are upgradable. And the sound design for the weapons is really good too. Oh it's really God. satisfying. The to the minigun, when you get the minigun, oh my god, I felt <laughs> amazing. I think I yelled during the stream about how happy I was when I, when I got that gun. It's fantastic. And you, when you upgrade that, you can get an upgrade that makes it so it takes takes away that wind-up that most miniguns in games have. Yep, so it just yep, shoots I automatically and increases the damage. Oh, That's cool. <laughs> feels great, sounds great, plays great. Lovely game, $12. Get it. If you don't like old school first person shooters, play this and you very well might like old school first person shooters. It might be something I check out because I only watched you streaming it for briefly. It was gotcha. like ten minutes and okay. it was uh you going against the Sphinx. Yeah. And no, the boss fight. When yeah. I first yeah. saw it, it the second boss. When I first saw it, I thought it was or I didn't think it was Doom, but I was like, Hey, that looks like Doom. Yeah. Because that's my only my only experience with those yeah, old That's your reference, yeah. 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 Shooters like that, but it it might be something I check out. It's a really good game. I, it's, only it's, on on, it's only on PC right now. Uh, well, never mind. But I'll watch I, you stream it. I'd say at some point, <laughs> I'm sure. Or you just go to your work computer and get it for 12 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number nine. Another one that only one of us played. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Wow, that should be higher, I think. <laughs> wow, that made... Ouch. I'm kind of surprised it made it on the It list. made the top... T- it just came out, though, too. <laughs> it did. And Maybe that's why it's not higher. Well, that and I, will, I have no interest in it, and Robert doesn't have a Switch. Yeah. So that's why it's not higher. Well, I'll say this. Uh, this is definitely one of the top additions to the series. Uh, it is a fantastic game to play. It's really fun. Like, when I first picked it up, I played solo, and it wasn't until I had my younger brother over one night. And we were playing together, and I was like, oh, yes, this is what Smash is all about. Right. It's about having your friends over or your family and just having a hell of a time beating the shit out of each other. Pardon me. I didn't get my time stamping ready. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, they really uh, upped their game, Nintendo, with the effects 
of the characters. Like I, it's really satisfying now because it's like a nice balance between smashing and like slicing sound effects. Because that's what really irked me about Brawl and uh, Melee it was that it wasn't so much smashy. It felt like you were kind of just having these like swish effects more so than smash, and it's like actually effective now. Gotcha. It, like with Project Warlock, the sound it makes a big difference. It really does. Yeah, it makes it makes you feel more invested in, invested in the game and what you're doing. But the amount of content in this game is staggering. Like I would like say this is like the biggest game of all time by Nintendo, even more so than Breath of the Wild. Well, they have all the old characters from they every iteration over, of Smash, don't they? they Plus have new ones. Se- over seventy characters. Over 900 stages. Jeez. They have tracks from every single franchise that's featured in the game as music. Oh, my goodness. And they have online play. They have classic, like, arcade mode and training mode and all this other, like, story campaign, which is its own huge thing. (laughs) Like, the game has a crap ton of content. So it's more than just a love letter to the series. It's it's a love letter plus narration. I would say it's like a magnum opus. Of, like, all of these franchises. Yeah. Like, it's just immensely packed full of love for these characters. Gotcha. So, as somebody that doesn't enjoy that style of game, and particularly Smash, I'd play Mortal Kombat over Smash, personally. Mm -hmm. Do you think I would get enjoyment out of it? No. Okay. (laughs) Knowing you, no. (laughs) Okay, let me rephrase the question. Do you think Robert would get enjoyment out of it? Robert, I would say, would have fun only for the fact that, you know, we'd be playing together. Gotcha. If that it was solo, if it was solo, you wouldn't have fun. But if it that's, was with friends, you'd have accurate. fun. Okay, so as a fan of the franchise, then for you, yes, is it better than you expected? I would say yes, because uh, for me personally, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, uh, I think that was. Uh, like the culmination of all of my, like uh, the reasons why I didn't like the previous entry, Super Smash Bros. Four. Gotcha. It's because they had uh, characters taken out that were in Brawl. Oh, okay. They didn't have Snake. They didn't have, uh, I think, Star Wolf, and they're missing a whole bunch of other characters that were already in Brawl from ten years ago. Mm. And this game just kind of owned up to that. It's like, yeah, we're gonna satisfy everybody who's ever played Smash. And now it's, like, back on track again, in my opinion. Gotcha. Wasn't there one character, though, that still isn't in it that people were upset about? Like, Waluigi or something? Well, that character's never been in the game. Okay. Just remember seeing a bunch of memes There's, about it. I mean, we got King K. Rule finally. <laughs> we got Ridley, finally. That's huge. We got Simon and Richter Belmont, finally. Mm-hmm. Man, that, that right there was like, I got to play it now. Yeah. Like, those characters are super fun to play. If I was a fan of more of the franchises that are involved in Smash, I would probably play it just to play those characters in a different setting. Well, I was mm-hmm. going to say, there's like a character for everybody because there's over 70 of them. Yeah. There's a franchise in there that you like. Is there, though? Well, you're a Mario fan. I've liked t- two Mario games. Like, <laughs> I've, Okay, I've liked a lot of Mario games. I've only really liked 64 and Odyssey. Oh, okay. What about... Super Zelda, Mario Zelda in it? Yeah. Or Link? Yeah, Link's in it. I liked Don't you like Yeah, speaking of which, I like Ocarina Zelda of Time. Link is and Link to the past. back mm. in good shape. Like I that's another thing that's pissed me off about the older games. Is Link has been terrible in them. <laughs> but this one actually looks like he might be dis, uh, decent. 
I love the Donkey Kong series. So King K. K. Rule, man, yeah. he, he's fun as hell to play. <laughs> I highly recommend you check that out. I want to get this is going off on a little bit of a tangent, but this isn't an awards show. This is a podcast. Um, uh, the Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Mm-hmm. I never got a chance to play it when it was out on the Wii U before because I like ninety nine percent of the rest of the world didn't buy a Wii U, mm-hmm. and now I have a Switch and I kind of want to go back and play it. You should. They're fun games. Yeah. I haven't really played one since the first Donkey Kong Country Returns on the original Wii. I haven't played any but, since uh, Donkey fun. Kong Country 2 on Super Nintendo. Ooh. That was the last one I yeah, played. I would highly recommend it. I think you have fun playing it. <clears throat> gotcha. So normally for a Game Awards show, this would be about the time we talk about esports for a while. <laughs> we'd have world premieres that weren't really world premieres, just mm-hmm. trailer oh, world oh, premieres. Oh, and we're, we'd have uh, you know online celebrities on stage. Yeah. Uh, Ninja's coming to Portland. We can get him down for an episode of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah let's totally do that. Then we'll get some listeners finally. We appreciate each and every one of you that <laughs> listens you. to the show. He says that as a joke. <laughs> but seriously, tell your friends. <laughs> you guys ready for another? This is number eight. Number eight. It's another one that only one of us have played. I think I know. What is it? Well, if I'm wrong, I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> well, now you're on the that's, spot now. No, that's fair, because he doesn't want to give away a game that's later on in the list. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. It's uh, Forza Horizon 4. That's what I was going to say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Dang, but, I should have I done it. <laughs> let's hear about Forza Horizon 4. It's the only close to a sports game that's on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Forza Horizon 4. So I know I talked about it a lot previously, but it was... Kind of like how you're talking about Smash Brothers. Yeah. It was kind of like that for me with the Forza Horizon series. It was like the ultimate uh, like embodiment of everything that series does well. Um, sadly, I haven't played it as much because right after that, I think Spider-Man came out. Gotcha. Or some game like that. So I didn't play it too much, but it just it feels so good. The racing mechanics are perfect. Uh, all the different weather systems really punched it up instead of it just being like a boring, like right. open world, just the same season like right. the previous one. The different seasons really did add a lot, and I never thought they would leading up to it. I was just like, oh, it'll be cool. But... It looked like a cheesy gimmick to me when I yeah. saw the trailer for it. But they really did add different styles and nuances to the same map, and it made you feel like it was a whole different area. And... uh yeah, just the the polish that they put into those games, like from the menus to everything like that, the music creation, everything was just like perfect. How does the driving feel? Cause that's the key. <laughs> uh, well, I don't like sim games, yeah. and so it's a lot more arcadey. Good, still okay. somewhat realistic, Good. but it's yeah, like you can drift all you want. You know, you're <laughs> doing, you're encouraged to like you know drive off jumps, right. do donuts, stuff like that. Nice. That's so, fun. It's a lot of fun. It sounds like a great game. Yeah, Funza it, Horizon 4? <laughs> I sense a theme. It's going to be the fun box. Project Funlock. <laughs> Super, Super Smash Fun. Super Fun Brothers. <laughs> that sounds like an entirely different genre altogether. Uh, Forza Horizon 4. <clears throat> yeah. One thing I really enjoyed this one, they have a... They try to add story elements to it. Like, there is kind of a, a base story where, like, hey, you're this driver coming into this tournament. You know, you rise up the ranks. But they added uh, 
this new like I don't know what to call it in a racing game. It's not a quest line, but it's a series of races that you do, and I think there's 20 of them. And each one was inspired by a different racing game series. Gotcha. And oh, so there was like a, like a Gran Turismo-themed one. Was there a Mario Kart one? Um, or F-Zero? I didn't get very far. I only did oh, like five cool of them. If there was an F-Zero one. But so they take – it's kind of like a little love letter to these other racing game series too. And each one was like kind of something that that game was known for, and then they put it in this game for like a quick little five minute nice. thing. It was a cool nod, and I really enjoyed those. Awesome, yeah, that was really cool. Would you recommend it to Kyle? I would, and, and I, I, I tried to sold it. it on. I, I know, <laughs> I know. I want to play it. I you know, he, I he actually want to play it. it too. It's I, it would be a fun one to all play together. I, I agree. If I had yeah. an Xbox One, I would really. <laughs> I played. Uh, I think it was Horizon Two. With my friends back in the day, and we would just have so much fun. We were like messing with other racers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sounds like something you do in real life. Messing with racers? Yeah. <laughs> not me. Him so much. Not me, but no. I drive like a grandma most of the time. <laughs> That's why I live vicariously through this game. If Without I ever. Be- your impulses. <laughs> if I ever became what you guys call an ex bro, I wouldn't do that weird ex high five bump fist that, that fist bump tried. thing that you tried at the, during the, the game awards we made x's and we bumped each other at the same time <laughs> <laughs> but if i if i had an xbox one i would totally get yeah. that game just to play it with you guys and make x bones with us i would or it'd be triple x bones triple x bros on pc with crossplay if they do that this is a safe for work rated ao <laughs> Triple X bros. Triple X bone bros. Is what you, you said X bone. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's my turn to say. Number seven. Say a list, isn't it? Number say seven. List, it? Number seven. Okay, we're finally getting into the territory of games that two of us have played, so there's going to be oh, a little bit more discussion on cool. it. And sorry, Kyle, but number seven is Spyro Reignited Trilogy. Nice. Wait, you played that? I've talked about it on this podcast. Yes. When did you play it? It's the day it came out. <laughs> Whoa. Remember, he bought it for Ashley. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. And then right. he played it, too. I'm mistaken. I'm I, sorry. I, it's it's just... I, yeah. It's, it's, it's joy. It really it is. is. At least for me. And for me, it's not yeah. even a childhood thing because I didn't I did play maybe the first level the first like area of Spyro mm-hmm. when it first came out but I didn't care for the game back then but seeing what it is now and the, the, the graphics to it the controls yeah. for it everything feels like a 3D puzzle platformer should mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of 3D puzzle platformers but this one I see why it was such a a big game yeah. back in the day and just knowing the the level of attention that they put into making this a perfect recreation with modern graphics mm-hmm. and making it so you could actually use two analog sticks for it. <laughs> yeah. Now, with you two, I didn't have a huge, like, investment in it in my childhood. I played a couple levels at a friend's house, but it was always, the, always one of those franchises that I kind of looked at from afar because I had an Xbox. And I was like, oh, I really want to play that. <laughs> yeah. It was mostly because I like dragons. But, uh... Yeah, and so this was kind of like, oh, I, you know, this was fun when I was a kid for like the half hour I played it, but right. I want to try it now. And yeah, it's, it's fun. It's a complete departure from most games I usually play. Same. So it was like, like fresh experience and it was a blast from the past, just going through a level, 
like uh, getting the dragons, unlocking your gems or whatever, and that's it. You're not doing all these quests. You're not doing all this I'm stuff. A, I'm a big fan of the collectathons when it comes to that style of game. If it's just mm-hmm. an old school game, like I think I could play ukulele. I've never played it, but I think I could play that game and be happy with it mm-hmm. over the collectathon that is like Far Cry, Assassin's Creed, like a Ubisoft game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this style of collectathon appeals to me. It's what I loved about Mario Odyssey. It just takes me back to my childhood. It makes me not mm-hmm. care so much about yeah. things. It's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's not taking it as seriously as like a story-driven game, right? Of some more mature wood. You're just you're just there to have fun and to, exactly yeah, glide around and Some's, roast those something serene about those, it. Yeah, exactly. Roasting the sheep or the, yeah. the frogs or, or like the the norks. Yeah, right. No, the, well, Nork is the nasty Nork. Nasty is Nork, the main guy. What are the, the his minions called? I forgot. I forgot too. But the ones that uh, that moon you when you turn your back. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How far did you get while playing through this uh, remaster? Um, I got to, I think, the third hub world. Yeah, that's about where I got. So to. like the getting into like the ice yeah. areas, I think. I, sure. Maybe I don't know, but I know I got past. The first one, and then I did the desert one, and then I was on the next one after that. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah. What'd you think about playing it, Kyle? No. Not not your alley? I not never played alley. the originals. See, so I, I, I wouldn't hardly do did. For me. I hardly did, but it's still, a, in my opinion, I think you'd get some enjoyment out of it. I tried playing the demo, I think, for the original Spyro, and I just... Like I said, back mm-hmm. then, I had no interest in it and I didn't like none. it. Yeah. But as an adult, it it's, it it brings me joy as an I adult. Will, Say though, it's a gorgeous looking game. It mm-hmm. really is. Like they did a really good job updating it. it they really did, and that's not to talk about too. the subtitles or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Subtitle gate, because <laughs> <laughs> everything has to be a gate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's worthy of being on the top ten. I'm glad that it made the top ten. Mm-hmm. And in all fairness, I did forget about it when I was making my list huh? until I saw Robert's list. And then I'm like, yes. okay, I got to add it to mine. Too. It, you know, I, I wasn't sure if we were doing remakes and remasters, but like, <laughs> right. I've only played like six games otherwise. So, yeah. if it was a game that was like Diablo three, couldn't be on it, even though it came out on Switch this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would count because it's no, been out port. since 2013. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about number six, and this is a game that I can't talk about, and I can't remember if Kyle can or not. But Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Oh no. I haven't played it. That's only Robert. That's me as well. Uh, that's the game I am still currently playing now. Uh, it is... I loved Origins, and I love this one even more. It's gone even more into the RPG side of it, and it's just its so much fun. It's gorgeous. The protagonist, I think, is why I'm enjoying it so much. I'm playing as... Uh, Cassandra. Gotcha. Oh, thought, good for you. I yeah. thought Alexios looked... That. I couldn't stand him in any of the marketing. He just looked like a, a dope. Not yeah. just that. The, the like voice his... acting of Cassandra seems a lot better yeah. than of... I forget. Alexios. 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 Yeah, I just read today that uh, over 50% of people uh, picked him over Cassandra. Really? Yeah. I, I know my friend that uh, was playing it, he picked Alexios. And it said because he didn't want it to be awkward during the romance scenes. <laughs> How would it be awkward? I, mean, I don't know. What it, if you made a female shepherd and she got on? That's with... what I was gonna say. I yeah. I played as my favorite playthrough of of Mass Effect was as female oh female shepherd. shepherd was so much more fun to play. As yeah, the male well, it's shepherd. just him because 
he's got his girlfriend and his daughter at home, and he didn't want to no. have, you know, romance yeah. scenes. You know, no one knew what they were going to be like, if they were going to be like Mass Effect scenes or whatever when we got in. <laughs> they kind of go a little in-depth It's not. They, it. they kiss, and then it goes black, and that's it. Well, but uh, why why would he be feel awkward about that? You really hung up on this. Well, it's interesting. <laughs> just, if I'll you're playing you, a guy, I can give it's you the same number. thing. It's a man and a woman. <laughs> it's just opposite I viewpoints. Can, do you want me to give you his phone number so you can chat it with him? I'm honestly curious. Don't ask me. <laughs> I played as Cassandra and I was romancing everybody. <laughs> Good for you. Not the old lady though. That was that was weird. I think I'd romance the old lady if I was. If I could go back, I would. <laughs> if I could turn old back lady. time. It long story. But so uh, did he romance the old lady? I don't know. You have to. I don't. Ask I don't keep person. tabs on him. Well, usually you're a lurker, so in streams he doesn't stream. <laughs> He, he doesn't show. Anyways. <laughs> okay. It's. Never mind. <clears throat> it is a wonderful game, and I'm still having a ton of fun playing it. Like, as soon as I was done with Red Dead, I was excited to pick it back up again. And I think it's because, also, because it's such a tone change. Gotcha. And, like, the style of movement and everything. But. This was number two or three on your list, wasn't it? This is three on my list. Okay. Yeah. All my top three were pretty. It was hard to choose. Um,. But yeah, like I said, Cassandra is what I think is making it so fun to play because her, the voice acting, the animation, uh, just everything about her is like a really good, it's a really good character for you to embody. You know? And the story uh, is really cool. It's not, there's no assassins or templars yet because it's before Origins. Right. And so it's streamlined, it's simplified, and there's just so much to do. Like, I love that. I know you don't care for that as much. But I love doing every single side quest I can, Me too. finding all these things, like all the legendary animals. I do it. I just hate that I feel <laughs> the need to do it. I liked the sense of completion from mm-hmm. doing it. I don't like how much needless stuff there is to make me get that feeling. See, for me, I like it because I want to spend as much time in that world before I move on as possible. So it's like it's extending it for me because I don't want it to be over. It's yeah, always that point I, when I get to a game when I finally unlock that last section of the map and I'm like, this sucks. I've I've seen it all now. And so I like that it's Yeah. It keeps me invested. I understand that. Yeah. Um I my feelings about Ubisoft are not secret. <laughs> I have no interest no. in playing this game. I did play Origins and I mm-hmm. did like the changes. Yeah. And I know that this just takes what they were trying to do with Origins and makes it more I guess open as far as an RPG goes because mm-hmm. you have the dialogue system yeah, and you get to choose whether you're going to be Alexios or Cassandra and the romance options. <laughs> it, it takes what Origins did mm-hmm. well and did it better yeah. and bigger, I suppose. And it's, um, I was going to say, it's a blend like with Black Flag too because of the, you have your ship. Right. And you're doing ship battles and stuff, and it feels so good. So it's like blending Origins and Black Flag, which to me was like... Well, it takes the best parts of each. Yeah. It makes it a really stellar it's, game. It's beautiful. I hated that the the naval missions in Origins were there because they weren't optional. I do yeah, enjoy and them. they weren't I, like... I did enjoy them when they were yeah, things they that were... I could just go do and just like... 
mm-hmm. caught, like wreak havoc in Assassin's Creed Four. Yeah. I could just go out to the open sea and just wreak havoc. As yeah, a it wasn't an open world. It was a linear mission. It felt out of place. It really did. I don't like yeah. the linear naval missions. Yeah. Um, I if they did it better in Origin or uh, Odyssey, then yeah, like said, it's film. yeah, it's just like Black Flag. You you have your ship, nice. That's you good upgrade it, and do whatever. And you just the whole world because most of the world is you know ocean so yeah you go out pick a fight with any different faction you want and that's cool yeah yeah ram through ships it's fun nice we uh ready for that we're already halfway through the list boys (gasps) number five this is number five right here and this will be mostly kyle talking about it but i played it too number five is detroit become human oh yeah nice I'm kind of surprised that a David Cage game or a Quantic Dream game made it into any Game of the Year list that I am a part of. That was kind of surprising to me, too. But it was much better than the others, I would say opinion. this is the best David Cage game. I, I agree. This is definitely the best one so I, far. I agree. I didn't finish it, but even what I played of it, I enjoyed. I like. I didn't want to stop playing, but it got to a point where I was playing the whole thing in front of my fiance. She was watching me play, so she didn't want me to play without her. And then I just, it kept getting to the point where I had to keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. So I just, and then she ended up saying that I could play it without her, but I didn't want to because I wanted her to see the story too. Yeah. And then it, yeah, I just, I didn't get a chance to finish it before life took over. Yeah. This is a, a game where it follows the viewpoints of several characters, but it did it a lot better than Heavy Rain did. Heavy Rain was all over the place, but uh, Detroit was really great in that it focused only on three characters instead of, like, four, which was already a lot. But it made it into uh, an intimate progression of character development. Like, you see with Connor, like, I feel like he was the best character uh, this year in gaming. Really? Yeah, I mean, I would say uh, the actor who plays him, I can't remember the name for the life of me, but I think he did a outstanding job portraying that character i could see that i feel like uh his progression based on your choices in the game for him it just made total sense in the context of the story especially by the end of it like i was just on the edge of my seat like i can't i couldn't wait to see what was next and i think that's what this game captured really well i loved that each story was like each of the three androids that the story is around are, they're completely different. Yes. At the beginning, I'm not going to give too many spoilers about the actual game itself, but at the beginning of the game, Connor is, uh, he, he's a police officer. He's, he helps out the, the police. He's, he's partners with a detective. What's his face? Hank. Detective Hank. <laughs> That's his name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, and he's just obviously the straight man for Hank's, I'm too old for this crap. Yeah. Character. They played off well. Of- yeah, each, yeah. Of each other. And Kira, that's the the female one's name, right? Yeah. She's essentially the the housemaiden of some single dad and the the daughter that's emotionally abused and mm-hmm. maybe physically abused. I couldn't quite tell if they were going that way with it or not, but she was, you know, caring for the the girl while cleaning the dishes, doing the monotonous stuff around the house that you actually have to do when you're playing the game. Yeah. Like, they make you pick up the trash, do the laundry, do the dishes. Which, I kind of like it when games do that. Yeah, I thought... It, some people thought it was uh, just monotonous David Cage 
stuff, but I thought that it really got me invested in that character. Like, the, yeah, it kind of puts you in their shoes a little bit. Yeah, this is what that character is supposed to be doing. This is how the the guy, the owner of this android, sees it as property and tells it to do this, tells it to do that, and the whole point of the game is becoming more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, then the, uh, the I forgot the other guy's name, the other android, Marcus. Marcus. He was actually friends with his quote unquote owner and the, the, the son of the owner gets involved and stuff happens. But the fact that there's actually a good relationship there between android and human actually saw the other end of that and how it could go so quickly wrong and why the, another reason why the androids would want to rise up and revolt <laughs> and become more than what they are. And I think it, well, parts of it, a lot of it is actually relevant for, like, it, relevant commentary on social things going Justices on around the, today, the world yeah. today. Yeah. Uh, it, it's also a really fun experience to play as a video game mm-hmm. if you don't want to get into the, the, the real life stuff behind it. You can enjoy it as a video game for what it is. It plays exactly like other Quantic Dream games. So it's, yeah, uh, walk here, investigate uh, this, do that. It definitely incorporates action-based scenes better, right? Which is why I enjoyed this particular entry more than and as previous games. Connor, you do have the detective vision, which which is awesome. <laughs> I, yeah, I love that. I hate that in games. It's a trope that's overdone, now but it, it is, makes yeah. it makes so much sense as an android to have yes. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Playing Connor, my favorite out of all three. <laughs> it it's a really well told game, well told story. That plays exactly the, the play style of is nothing nothing out of the ordinary. It's no, exactly what no. you think it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the story and the characters that make that game. It is it's good, and I think Robert should play it, and I should finish it. I really want to. You play need it. to, yes, yes. I fully plan to early next year. Nice. Mm-hmm. You'll have to let us know how that along goes. with God of War. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, ready for number, number four? four? <sighs> you sure you're ready for number four? We're getting there. Because I don't know if you're if you're ready for it, because I would think that you guys would both think it should be higher, but it's Red Dead Redemption Two. I had a feeling you're made number four on our list. Like I said, that's that's mostly my fault. I didn't play it, so it's not on my list. I think it's just because you didn't want to see it win another Game of the Year award. (laughs) (laughs) Sabotage music at the Game Awards. (laughs) Sabotage. Oh my goodness, what was that about? Anyway, gush about that game for a while. Robert, you've actually finished the game. I'm still relatively early in the yeah. game. So I Which, think you should take the floor, sir. A lot of what I loved about it, and I can't go into too much because you haven't finished it yet. But Spoilers. Um, yeah. It was, obviously, I loved the first one. I love most of what Rockstar does. And it expanded on that in every way. Uh, it was gorgeous. The acting, pretty much of everyone, was incredible. I think Arthur Morgan was my favorite character this year, and I fully believe that um, Roger Clark deserved that best acting or best character, whatever it was, at the game. Best Best performance. performance. Uh, Because especially towards, you know, the latter half of the game, um, he's a fantastic character. Mm. And I wanted to point out, when you were talking about Detroit just a second ago, about... Doing like household chores and stuff like yeah. that. That's one thing I love about the camp system in Red Dead is there's chores there that are optional. You don't have to do them. But I loved 
like doing them, just like sleeping at camp at night. Yes. And then when you'd wake up in the morning, I'd do a couple chores. You know, I'd chop some <laughs> firewood. I'd drag some bales of hay to the horses. I've and done just, that several it, times, yeah. It just felt, I don't know, it just felt good. It felt cool just to like try to immerse yourself and like live as this character. Yes. Yeah, I mean, because, I, I was going to say, uh, yeah. you know, it's like what I mentioned earlier this year uh when i first played it it's westworld <laughs> it is like i mean granted you're you know a specific character but everything you do in the game has an impact on the environment around you like you, like basically if you rob a bank or something people will remember that they'll be like oh you you're not allowed here like get out of here scum <laughs> and stuff like that like everything you did had an impact on those around you yeah and one thing I'm missing in Assassin's Creed now is just being able to walk up to any NPC, like hold the left trigger and say, yeah. <laughs> like, howdy, ma'am, or right. good morning. Howdy, pot. <laughs> it was such a simple mechanic, but... It grounded you. Yeah, the, the game world, which it's, I've never put too much emphasis on immersion in a game. Like, oh, I got to feel like it's a living, breathing world. I got to be in it. That's a Kyle but, thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. I'm not mocking you. For but <laughs> but this game did it so well that it actually stood out to me, and I'm like, holy crap! Yeah, I can see why when it's done right, it really makes you feel like you're in it. Just from everything, from the weather to the animals, you know, the foliage, everything, the people, everything has a reason yeah. for being there, mm -hmm. which is why I think it is such a highly regarded game. Yeah. And the my personal favorite feature of it is how each weapon feels unique. Like uh, even simple things like being able to customize the weapon's capabilities, like its components, mm -hmm. as well as the markings on it. Like that amount of customization, I just feel like it really grounds you in, you know, just you being in that world. Which is why I always try and compare it to Westworld. Westworld, because <laughs> it is. It's amazing. Yeah. It's just, it's such a marvel, like, to imagine how this much time and energy was put into one single game. And it shows. It shows, like, everywhere. And I love the the movement, personally. A lot of people were saying, oh, it's too slow, you know, sluggish or whatever. But it felt perfect for the game and for the character. And it made you think more about what you're doing. And I, more methodical. Yeah. And I, I loved it, personally. I felt like it gave the game a unique feel that you know not really getting from any other game of playing so right mm -hmm. so my takeaway from it is i i love what it's done for being able to do random stupid crap that you shouldn't be able to do yeah. um, yes. the <laughs> like two sacrificing to the blood gods <laughs> <laughs> the two highlights i made of kyle's stream of that his lat his most recent stream of that from less than a week ago or over a week ago by the time this comes out um he he got into the back of some guy's carriage, and the guy was trying to get away from him, so he tried to make the horse go faster, but Kyle was in the carriage with him, so he wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> and then the guy just keeps looking back, going, no! <laughs> he had so he, a meltdown. Yeah, so he jumps out of the carriage and just keeps running running forward and looking at Kyle the whole time, just leaves Kyle and the horse behind and just, yeah. all right, cool, dude. <laughs> lots of great moments like the yeah the little random interactions and encounters like even i know that was you know fabricated but there is lots of stuff that's like that that's just natural to the game it just feels that's, so organic like yeah. you come across it 
naturally. Like it's actually happening spontaneously, even though it's not. It's a guy panning for gold that, that gets yeah. really upset at you. Yeah. For be- getting close to him, you just get in a fight. <laughs> or the um, guy that's shooing his horse, and then if you get down and say hi to him, right, the horse kicks. <laughs> I mean, for me, it was that ride back in the Valentine, and that bar fight happens in the saloon. That was such an immense moment. That is a standout mission of the year. Man, um, Arthur was... getting drunk with Lenny. Oh God, yeah, that was great. I love that. The this, that was hilarious. The story <laughs> is really good. It's a really well told, you know, eighty yeah. hour movie basically. I got to beat it. And it's it makes me sad to hear the statistics that like ten percent of people actually finish the story, of like even the first Red Dead, oh. because m- most people just like want to roam around and yeah. you know, play cowboys, like me. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's called the Skyrim effect. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's true. But it's the story is it's definitely my favorite story of the year, and there is like a little part in the middle that was like a slog that I didn't care for too much. But it's definitely towards the end when it picks up. It's it's good. fantastic. Nice, it's, nice. I'll probably end up picking it up once it's on sale, a good enough sale. If I it, think even just yeah, just to mess around 40, with if it. If I could get it for forty yeah. bucks, I think I could get my forty bucks worth. Yeah, and be one of those people that only play ten percent of the story. Right. I it's just sixty bucks right now. I have too many games that I want to play. So right. sixty bucks is a uh, is more than I'm willing to spend on a game at the mm-hmm. moment. Any game, unless it's one that I'm I've been looking forward to forever. But I I do plan on playing it at some point. It's just because of the random stupid crap that can happen. Mm-hmm. Did the one question before we move on to number three? Did they ever fix the random horses tripping, lighting on fire? Because <laughs> if uh, they fix that, then I'm gonna wait till it goes on sale for twenty bucks. <laughs> I don't know if they did or not. Okay. I haven't heard. Okay, I let have it, no idea. Let us know because. <laughs> It's worth twenty bucks to me. Twenty extra bucks. I'd pay forty bucks if they kept that in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I know I know most people, especially the three of us here, know what the top three games are gonna be and probably have a pretty good idea of what order they're gonna be in. Yep. But number three, I really, really want to look for I have been really looking forward to talking about this for a while now. Okay. Number three is Celeste. Wow. Yes, sir. Number I thought th- that was going to be higher. Number three is Celeste. It wasn't higher because you didn't play it, and it wasn't super high on my list. <laughs> gotcha. It wasn't super high on either of our lists. It was high on yes, both of our lists, yes, but it wasn't was. number one on, on anybody's list. Indeed. So it made number three. And I think while it was for me, it was – I think it was my second choice. It was also my second choice for Game of the Year. I think that's why it hit number three. Yes. Um. It was an incredible game. I was blown away. Like when the game was first announced, I was like, "Oh, it's it's a colorful Super Meat Boy." I had no idea it was even out until I saw it was nominated for Game of the Year. I'm like, "Oh, maybe I really? should check this out." Yeah, you had never heard of it. I mean, I saw the 10 out of 10 review on IGN oh. way back in January. Didn't I talk about it on the podcast like way I back. I thought then? so. I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I did because I got it when it first came out. Oh, you did? Yeah. Wow. That's why it's so high up on my list. Yeah, I just took a shot on it and wow <laughs> i it, mean uh i'll let you go ahead i'll start want. and then i know you have a lot more to say about it than i do um the what when i thought that it was just going to be another super meat boy style game i was like okay i've played super meat boy i kind of skipped the end is nigh because i didn't want to play another super meat boy but then i started watching more and more about celeste and i'm like okay the it's not just the graphics and sounds that are different the movement mechanics there's a lot more variation in the movement movement mechanics and it just looks a hell of a lot more fluid 
than any other game like it. And then the the levels, I started seeing the variation in the level design. I was like, okay, I'm getting this game now. Mm-hmm. And then I heard the music when I first opened up the game, and I was in love. The that, music is incredible. That should I don't have any idea how or why that did not win uh, the Game Awards for Best Music. It is honestly, it baffles me. I'm pretty sure the people at Rockstar would have agreed that Celeste should have won that. Yeah, they <laughs> they knocked it out of the park with that soundtrack. It is it is incredible. Uh, the controls, which I know Kyle can go into more detail about as well, <laughs> are fantastic for that style of game. And we super think, responsive. You'd yeah. think for a game that all you have to do is jump around and avoid obstacles, that the controls wouldn't be that big of a deal. But no, it's the biggest it makes deal. Everything about the game work. Yeah, it, the way that the the mechanics intertwine to create other mechanics that you don't know about until the third, when you're through going I through mean, to the, the B sides and C sides. It was incredible. Like I kept discovering new things about the game. The game teaches you I new things. As I continued to play. The game teaches you new things in the B sides and C sides. Yes, it does. It, it is fantastic. So even after you beat the main story of the game, there's still more to even learn about how to play it after the fact. That doesn't happen in most video games. I mean, most people would probably just, you know, give you the basic controls and then anything after that would be considered like a glitch or something. Right, right, right. But they actually name these moves and, and the put them in the bird game. tells you how to do them. Yes. Yeah. The damn bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to hear you gush about it, Kyle. It, so uh, it deserves everything. It you're would about to be say. higher for me, but I had a dilemma this year. I had this dilemma of having to complete every open world game 100%. <laughs> and I think this is why I put it above Red Dead 2 is because by the time I got around to Red Dead, it was a fantastic game. I love it. But when I took that shot on Celeste, it just reminded me so much of why I love those kind of games. Like, I just feel like it was such a breath of fresh air after having played through Horizon Zero Dawn, Zelda Breath of the Wild, Assassin's Creed Origins, and then Red Dead 2. I just was like, man, I'm so burnt out on open world games. Because you played all of last year's open world games <laughs> this year. Yeah, yeah, like before God of War came out, and that too is considered right. an open world game, kind of. I, yeah. And man, I just was like, golly. <laughs> and then by the time I got into Celeste, I just was immediately sucked into the game like i could not put it down yeah it was a hell of a lot of fun and i it's fun to watch fun to watch i streamed the hell out of the game (laughs) you streamed one part of one level for about six hours one day (laughs) i did that like three times (laughs) (laughs) uh the seaside for summit the seaside for core and the b side for summit were like the longest ones yeah but the game just encapsulates what i love about gaming in general, it gives you a sense of progression while feeling like you overcame a challenge. And it's so satisfying when you get the crystal hearts at the end yeah. of the B sides and the C sides. I just was like, man, I've been missing that for a long time. <laughs> that sense of accomplishment, uh-huh. that sense of achievement. Uh-huh. Like since the Dark Souls days, like when those were my top games. Like I feel like what Celeste does is all at once deliver amazing music amazing gameplay and that fact that there's so much to learn about the game's mechanics like it was a constant surprise at every level you know what i think the the key is there is that celeste with each of those uh the the hearts that you get you know that you've earned it when you get it and that's where that sense of accomplishment comes in is that you 
have worked for it. And a lot of games, if they're not fun, then they don't get away with giving you that same sense of reward. Oh, absolutely like, not. For me, Dark Souls, I don't get, I, I'm not, I don't like that style of game and I don't like the, the atmosphere of it. So the reward of beating a boss in that game wouldn't have the same feeling to me as getting mm-hmm. one of the hearts in Celeste does. Well, for me in particular, I'm referring to like collectibles in open world games. Okay. Like, you can only do that so many times before it's, you know, a universal thing that you can expect in any open world game. Right. But in Celeste, you have to actually put in your entire effort to earn it. That's why I don't compare the two. I know, but I mean, for me, like, that shift in gameplay was, like, a huge awakening to me. Like, I'm extremely looking forward to more of uh, Cuphead next year. Yeah. Because I streamed that as well, and I loved it. Yeah. And same thing with Celeste. I, I heard there's some DLC they're working on for it. Oh, that's exciting. So. <laughs> that is exciting. I want to see yes. you stream Super Mario Odyssey and collect all the moons. <laughs> you know, that's an interesting comparison. I, I didn't really think much of Odyssey. I feel like uh, the game just tried to slow you down too much. Really? I got the complete opposite feeling from it. Because in between levels, you had to wait through a tutorial... And as well as when you boot up the game, you have to wait through a tutorial. With Celeste, you just dive right in. If you die, it's instant respawn. Like, what do you mean? That's t- what adds what so tutorial? much replayability to it. What tutorial are you talking about? In between levels as you travel on the ship. You have to sit in the ship with your hat guy, whatever. Okay. And he kind of gives Happy. you like a small tutorial every time Well, it's, between levels. It's just a way to pass time during a loading screen. I know, but still it was annoying. Okay. <laughs> But with Celeste, it's like boom, you're in there. You're you're loading so a level in Celeste is a lot. There's a lot less to load than in. But a, that's what one made my enjoyment of the game so much I, more. Makes sense. Uh, immense. I, that makes sense. And the, uh, I just wanted to mention one more thing about the story of Celeste because I don't think that gets enough credit. Oh my god! I completely for, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so basically, this game is in response to like mental illness and how everybody carries that within them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this game incorporates that and makes it relatable to everybody because you play as Madeline and she's in conflict with her inner self, which comes out as a physical manifestation of her. Uh, I'm not too sure uh, what it was specifically, but it kind of felt like doubt. It's I think that's the majority like of self-doubt. it. It's doubt, self-loathing, self-loathing, self-doubt. Which I can relate to as Most I... People. I I think I mean, most people a lot of our people age, especially people mm-hmm. that are into what we're into. But there's a moment near the end where you get the double jump. And it's like you coming to terms with your inner self and you're working together. Mm-hmm. And seeing that, like, re- you know, reflect the gameplay as being able to double jump. Uh-huh. I was just like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. Like, it was awesome to it, live that moment. It is an incredible way to talk about mental health and to... To relate it to people that normally think of it as a hindrance, because that's what the first half of the game is, is you trying to run away from yes. that that negative side of yourself that you don't like. Ignoring and the problem. And yeah. then you realize that you can't get away from it. It's better to work with it, and you are you get better because of it. Mm-hmm. And that game, making it, like you said, integrating it into the gameplay, it, it just encapsulated 
how great of a storytelling device it actually is. Yeah, it really took me by surprise. It took me that by surprise really when cool. I was watching it. Yeah. I like I legitimately was getting goosebumps watching it because I'm like, this is this is amazing. This needs mm. to be seen by the world. Yeah. More people need to see this game. I mean, I'm ashamed that I only found out about it because it was game of the year nominee. <laughs> like I was like, damn it, I can't be a hipster, you know? Well that's just <laughs> that's just it about it. It's, you don't want to be. I yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> this game hasn't gotten the attention no, it has that not. it deserves no. because a lot of people were, like you, taken aback by it because they hadn't heard of it before the Game Awards or before mm. IGN's 10 out of 10. Yes, yes. Stuff like that. It's it's a game that didn't get the recognition. It did get a lot of positive recognition, such as that 10 it, out of 10. It has now, yes. But it, it deserves to be in the forefront of everybody's mind for 2018 games and going forward. It, for how the story was told and how it deals with real-life situations... It, it deserves to be talked about. It's an incredible game. And I will say that it it, it helped me find myself and made me realize I am insane. <laughs> <laughs> I think we saw that live. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the streams, man. Uh, wow, I had a great time streaming it. I'm going to try to go back and get some highlights from that because that was incredible. And uh, shout-outs to Echo81 for, you know, coaching me and getting me through those last seasides. <laughs> I needed that help, that support. That was huge. Thank you. Top two, guys. Top <sighs> two games of the year. We we both, we all know what they I, are. I think, I know. I think I everybody, everybody yes. should know what they are at this point because they were on the forefront of what we talked about on this podcast for the better part of this year. Yes. Number two was a game that took me by surprise. Took Robert by surprise that I bought it. Spider-Man. Yeah. Marvel's Spider-Man. Yes. It was the game that jump-started my marvelous adventures of going through and watching all of the MCU movies. Yeah. We still need to do our bonus episode. It is still coming. We haven't just... It's not like the Banner Saga. I, <laughs> <laughs> it is happening. Uh, we just haven't gotten the time to do it, but... Yeah, yeah I have not Holidays played this game, hard time. but I, I want to hear more about it, so go for it. As far as an open world game goes, it does everything kind of by the book. It has different types of missions that you do all around the world. It opens mm -hmm. up the world a lot earlier than most other world open world games do, and it's smaller. But that's not necessarily a hindrance because of the game's main strength, and that is the traversal. Mm -hmm. Web-slinging throughout the city feels incredible! <laughs> <laughs> it's addicting. It yeah. is... It, it's the lifeblood of the game, and it made me want to do those monotonous things that didn't feel monotonous because of it. Mm -hmm. And just because of the traversal through the game, you could approach combat in different ways. You could perch at the top. You could be like Batman and perch at the top of a corner of a building and then dive down and uh, kick everybody's ass that way. Or you could just web sling and then oh, – it's just – there's so many approaches, variations in combat – J. Jonah Jameson's comments throughout <laughs> the entire game in his radio show that he yeah. has. That that was a stroke of genius, making him being a like a radio host right. instead of the newspaper. That was a right. great way to bring him into the It made it so story. you so you hear him, but you don't have to stop and read like the collectible yeah. new, the Daily Bugle yeah. uh papers that are around New York. But it, of course he would be that in this day and age. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. 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 It took it that's another thing though. It took mm -hmm. everything that works with Spider-Man and put it in the modern mm -hmm. age and didn't make it so 90s like everything else Spider-Man that I have any familiarity with. Mm -hmm. Uh it it felt really great as a modern game and as a Spider-Man game mm -hmm. and got me like I said 
interested in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is incredible because watching those movies at first didn't do that for me. <laughs> but Robert, go for it. Yeah, it's uh, I put it as my number one. It was so hard choosing between that and, like I said, Red Dead and Assassin's Creed because I loved all of them so much. But it will put me over the top is I love Spider-Man and it reminded me of Spider-Man 2, the game that I love so mm-hmm. much. Not the movie. Oh, the- <laughs> <laughs> now you hold on. No. <laughs> we'll talk about that during the Marvel podcast. Oh, I'm excited. But um, it, it made me buy a console for it. Right. I wanted to get the Spider-Man PS4 Pro yeah, for it. Yes, you did. And because I was so excited and it did not disappoint. Um, like I said, the world, it's, it's open world. There's collectibles, but they're not overwhelming like Assassin's Creed. Right. It's manageable. It's easy to 100% the game, which is the first game I've 100%ed in years. And it has a really high percentage of 100%. Like, there's a high percentage of platinum trophies nice. from that game. It's the highest platinumed game in PlayStation nice. history. See, it's good. Not every game should have to be, like, super elitist and have to be really hard to try to get right. everything. Oh, it's, yeah. No, it does it's, not. It's nice to be able to accomplish yes. it and say you did it. Right. And for me personally, I loved it. I liked the story. It wasn't like an amazing story, but it was a solid story. I loved all the villains they pulled in and like reinvented or changed a little bit. I just love how they, uh, like I said, updated it for the modern age. And they tweaked little things. They weren't trying to fit it into the MCU. They weren't trying to fit it into any any established right, like, it was story its own thing it was yeah it's its own thing they made their own choices and liberties and it was amazing the story didn't really get me until towards the end mm-hmm. the the end it got it had some emotional beats it really did yeah and they were expected most mm-hmm. of what happens in the story you can tell is coming from a mile away mm-hmm. from the beginning of the story you can <clears> tell <throat> most of what's going to happen at the end of it it's not yeah. hiding the, the, the outcome of the story mm-hmm. but there were parts of it that just stuck with me and it's it's incredible that just based on the relationships that spider-man has that peter mm-hmm. parker has in that spoiler peter parker spider-man <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> and spider cop <laughs> spider cop <laughs> spider cop oh my god his, his back and forth with uh what's her name i forgot her yuri name. Yeah, her yeah. back and forth with Yuri was just incredible. It's funny, the the guy who voices Spider Man is His named Yuri. Yuri in real life. Yeah, he did also a fantastic job of yes, he did bringing he, the character to life and voice yeah, acting. He's got and stuff. a yeah. huge history of voicing a lot of video game characters, so that's cool to see him in this role. Yeah, he he did the perfect Spider Man. It made yeah. me excited to watch yeah. uh, Spider Man Homecoming, which I know is a totally different Spider Man. Mm-hmm. But I could see the Spider-Man from Homecoming grow up to be the Spider-Man that was in yeah. uh, the the video game. <clears throat> the hair on the character model still was kind of it was always kind of weird looking to me. But I didn't know. pay attention to that honestly. Um, it did slow down at parts in that game mm-hmm. when you have to do the stealth portions as Miles oh, and as, not the puddles as yeah. MJ. It didn't slow down with the puddles. No, they they <laughs> oh, took okay. away some of the puddles, so it didn't have to slow down the console. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's my only <laughs> reference to this right. game, so I had uh, to get that in there. Man, you would love this game so I much. I need to play it. You I really do. would. You, yeah. you would honestly really love it. I need it. to play it. It's, yeah. it's not overwhelming, like Robert was saying, as mm-hmm. far as the open world 
stuff goes in the sense of Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't have like an overwhelming amount of stuff that doesn't make any difference whether yeah. or not you do it. It everything has a purpose, and it's all for upgrading mm-hmm. your stuff anyway. So it, it's fun to do. The, the combat is so fluid and fun. It's and slick, punchy, it, and yeah. yeah, the amount of different like web things you can do. Like you can do bombs, you can do traps, you can do. It was just missing the the comic book like bang pow yeah. <laughs> zing. It was missing that. <laughs> I think that would have actually if you could turn those like on and off. Right, it would have made that. G- just that with the cell shaded uh, suit that you can mm-hmm. unlock, I uh, that would have. Yeah. Uh, I I liked perfect. how the suits had they each had a different power, uh-huh. and once you unlocked the suit, you didn't have to wear that suit to get that power. You could interchange the powers with whatever suit you're wearing. Oh, that's right. That was yeah. a nice touch. Yeah, cool. I yeah. stuck with my, the first suit that I unlocked. I stuck with that power throughout the entire game. I tried all of them. Yeah, yeah, I, one time or another, I tried all. Of them. I only liked the web blossom. I like the, the like the electricity one where you punch one guy and just shocks and then everyone yeah. else gets shocked. And... I did stick with that one for a couple of missions. Mm-hmm. The uh, the fortresses, the uh, uh, those are a lot of. What are they called? The gang, the gang, gang hideouts. hideouts. Yeah. yeah, they were so much fun, mm-hmm. and the bonus objectives on them made you think of different ways to try to play through them, yeah. and it made it even that much more fun. And Talking about other open world games, particularly Ubisoft, Ubisoft games with Far Cry and Assassin's Creed, I loved the bases. Those are the the most mm-hmm. fun things in the, that style of open world game to me are the bases because you have to approach it in a stealthy fashion and try to not be detected for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man, that doesn't always happen. But you can start off being pretty stealthy for quite a while mm-hmm. until that first wave is done and then once the second wave spawns, everybody knows where you're at immediately. Mm-hmm. Um it just it creates new and inventive ways of using the using your tools, and mm-hmm. it kind of forces you to think about what you're gonna do. Yeah. And they have the typical enemy types that have like shields and yeah. higher armor and stuff like that that make you uh, hit harder. That you have to hit more, hit harder, whatever. And the, the jetpack guys, the jetpack guys, guys, and the guys with the the electric whips that oh, throw yeah, you down I hated to the those ground. Guys. But there's counters to everything in mm-hmm. every. Every counter to that is another fun way to use the com- to utilize what you have available in the combat. It's it's an incredible open world game. Mm-hmm. My second favorite open world game of the year. <laughs> and let's I, let uh, are you, Well, I did want to say one last thing is for it. it's the first game that since I think the first Mass Effect that I wanted to go back immediately and start playing on a game uh, new game, game plus, new game plus gotcha. mode because I wanted to experience everything again. I still so. am going to once the third DLC comes out, which is this month. Mm-hmm. Soon, it's coming think, out soon, Kyle. I think next week. Someone. It's coming out. Uh, <laughs> <soon>. <laughs> I mean, wait, this week. Yeah, okay, soon. I'm gonna buy that the the first season pass, and I say first because I think they they could add more DLC past that. But the the city that never sleeps is for the mm. first three DLC packs, and I'm gonna try to play them all back to back, and I might stream it. Nice. Twitch.tv slash pushing buttons. Oh, I don't know why I whispered that, but Twitch.tv slash pushing buttons. <laughs> but that just leaves the game of the year. The final game. The final game of year for the pushing buttons podcast. Game, I don't think it's a surprise. Game of year. <laughs> God of War. What a game. God Fantastic of War was... Game. Oh my god. I, I was 
shocked that it won Game of the Year at the Game Awards. Me too. Yeah, that blew me away. I was completely shocked. You can see the reactions on our Twitch VODs. It's true. Twitch.tv slash pushing buttons. Yeah, we were literally blown away. <laughs> literally? <laughs> we were taken aback. <laughs> I was just ready to to get up and leave because I was like, oh, it's going to Red Dead. It's going to Red Dead. Yeah. It's got to go to Red Dead because everybody's saying Red Dead, Red Dead, Red Dead. But no, God of War got it, and it was Thankfully, yeah. a very, very worthy recipient of that I would award. say I'm, it's a very earned award for them. J- just based on Chris Judge's attire at the Game Awards. <laughs> no, that was something. Chris Judge, I think, for me, is performer of the year. As far His performance was the mm-hmm. best of any video game that I played this year, as far as the voice actor goes. Uh, Kratos is my character of the year. Very, very, very close to where I hold Spider-Man because he nice. that Spider-Man, that version of Spider-Man is great. Yeah. Kratos was incredible this time around. I never fully got invested in Kratos as a character in the original God of War games mm-hmm. because I couldn't identify with that level of fury. <laughs> <laughs> that anger. I really couldn't. But in this game, he's not just looking after himself. He's looking after boy. And it's <laughs> it's more relatable. Yeah. To the, to the point where you actually feel what he's feeling if you're really get, if you're the type of like empathetic person that gets involved when you're playing a video game. I, I'm, go for it, Kyle. I could ramble. I'll say on. this, uh, I think what this game did so well was that for God of War, I mean, that game, I played all the God of War games. Like, I even played the PSP ones and Ascension and, I think for That's me, I closed the book on God of War. That legacy was done. Yeah. I thought it was over. Right. And then when this reboot, or I thought it was a reboot at first, when it was first announced. Yeah, I did too. I wasn't really hyped for it. I felt like, well, we've kind of been there, done that, you know. And of course, it comes out and it's like 10 out of 10 game of the year nominee already. But it was released back in April. I have to say though, like, the way they wrote Kratos in this game, it was definitely inspired by games before it where there's like a father character and a child character mm-hmm. that you have to take care of. Mm-hmm. Like, say, for example, Walking Dead or Last of Us. Mm-hmm. I always refer to Last of Us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like the goal. The prime example, example. of it. Yeah. yeah. But seeing this older Kratos, like seeing him... In comparison to how it used to be in the older games, it just opened up this whole new legacy of Kratos. Like, I'm trying to think of the word here. Uh, basically, the character development for him, it's like a whole different path. Like, you see this whole new side of him. He, he's a more multidimensional character. Yes. You he's can more empathize with him more. Because yeah. He became human? <laughs> basically, yeah, because he was a god. <laughs> And he's now in this Norse, like, just that prospect alone, it's like, holy crap. I thought the setting change was going to mean nothing to the gameplay. I didn't think so either. Oh my god, was I wrong. Yes, the first time I threw that axe and called it back, I was uh-huh. like, oh, hell yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> that felt so freaking uh-huh. cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you play the game, you throw that axe, you call it back, you can be like, holy sh... The last uh-huh. time I... Uh-huh. <laughs> 
<laughs> the last time I had that feeling and it didn't quite live up to what God of War did was with uh, Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast throwing the lightsaber and yes. it coming back. If yeah. you throw the lightsaber as a saber attack and then switch weapons, your saber hilt will just drop on the ground. And then if you switch back to it, it calls it back to you. That's and cool. I always thought that felt really freaking cool to do. I mean, it's just amazing. Like, when you throw the axe and he calls it back, he just brings his arm up. There's this awesome thud. It's, it, just, it feels perfect. It's... it. It is so reminiscent of Thor and Mjolnir. Yes. That's what and, I was going to yes. say. Yeah. Yes. And honestly, with, you know, the game in the setting and who made the, who made the weapon, <laughs> it, it's, it's a lot like Mjolnir. <laughs> it's yeah. Meow Meow? Meow Meow. Meow <laughs> <laughs> Meow. It, oh my god it's such a great game the orc brothers in that game were fantastic side characters i don't care oh, for man, side yeah. characters i guess they're the dwarf brothers is what i meant to say um i don't care for like side characters in like dragon age origins some of the side characters were okay to listen to uh the guy that enchantment that was that was always a blast <laughs> but i didn't care about morrigan or alice Alistair? Alistair? Alistair. Yeah. Alistair? Uh, I didn't really care about any of them, and they were kind of main characters in that game. Whereas in God of War, just those two dwarf brothers made the made yep. the side stuff in between what you're doing just come alive even more. I mean, it's incredible when you have a character like Mimir, and he's like your guide in this I forgot about place. Mimir, and that was what made the game... When uh, you get to the Lake of Nine... <laughs> I want to feel that way. <laughs> the Lake of Nine is like the central hub. And later in the story, you come across Mimir, and he becomes like this, this guy to you. And as you're rowing across the Lake of Nine, he gives you lore on the Norse mythology. I love Norse and, mythology, Oh, my God. Too. It was so great listening to him talk. Like, I just wanted to listen to his stories all day. The really great thing about that is how much attention they paid to detail and made it so that it was obvious Kratos didn't care. He didn't want to listen to any of this. No. But boy, kept wanting to listen to all of the stories that Mimir had to tell him. And it's, it's just that, that getting in the mind of Kratos, he hates gods. He's had this history with gods. He doesn't like his past. He wants to run away from it. He wants his son to have Nothing to do with it. Atreus will not have any knowledge of Kratos being a god or his past life. Yes. And Mimir is just opening up this whole new world of knowledge that Kratos did not want him to have. Yeah, and it's great to see the juxtaposition of Mimir's tales and Kratos's realism. Yeah. And it was, like, so uh, enjoyable to listen to. Just and that that kind of debate. Mimir being a humorous character to begin with yes. just made it even that much more fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. I purposely would keep waiting around in my boat, waiting for Mimir to stop talking because I didn't want to accidentally skip yep. any of his stories. Me too. Absolutely, yep. So I'm imagining like a little, like, crinkled old guy. You're, You're close. close. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, You'll be surprised like at how or something like you are. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> play the you own the game. You, you play I know. it. Yeah. You need to yeah, it's incredible. Uh, that game will own you. <laughs> the gameplay is That's phenomenal. So <laughs> the combat is super satisfying, especially with the uh the runes you equip uh-huh. to make your weapons uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> more unique. It, it, it like uh it complements your playstyle. 
So you can have like a charge attack or like a constant tapping attack mm -hmm. or just like a huge magic wave or something for your axe. And, and it was just – it's so flexible. And like with Spider-Man, there were times when it would be more um, preferential to use – a certain style over another, depending on who the enemies that you're facing, the the a number of enemies, et cetera, et cetera. But it didn't really punish you no. for not changing tactics. If you had one style that was that you're comfortable with, then you could stick with that by all means for the entire game. Like, Unlike Spider-Man, you can't really do that. Yeah. There's a point in the game where you can fight the Valkyries, mm -hmm. and I actually killed them all. And uh, I was surprised at how lenient they were. Like you could, it's still a challenge, but yeah. it wouldn't like punish you. For having the wrong runes equipped or something right, like that. Right. You could still attain victory. It's not like a raid in World of Warcraft. No. <laughs> where you have to have the exact <laughs> right set of items equipped. But uh, other than that, though, like the look of the game is like, holy crap. Like you saw the room. Uh, crap, what's it called? The, uh, the bridge. Damn it, what's it called? The Bifrost? The Bifrost. Thank you. <laughs> the Thank Bifrost you. That's what, I'm, that's what I was trying to think of. The Bifrost is freaking amazing to look at. Uh huh. Like the graphics, the particle effects, when the, you travel to the different realms. The tree. The tree. The tree. Uh, uh, it is a kick ass. Y Idris, 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 something like that. Idris. 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 Yeah. I was close. I forgot the who. The world tree. <laughs> the world tree, yes. But man, it's just. Little things like all these little details in the game, like all the environments, all the set pieces, all the boss fights. Robert looks like he's getting amped up to play it. I want to play it. It's uh, <laughs> it's. But I like to finish a game before I move to a next one. I can't so. do that. But as I mentioned, I did way, finish God of War though. Way back, like it blends open world with linear, yeah, like it perfectly. It's. It makes it so you can go back. And that's the best thing about it, honestly, yeah. is that you can backtrack and open up new areas, especially in the, the Lake of Nine. The Lake of Nine, yeah. Because as the, the world, the world, what was the, the, the big serpent, the world serpent. The world serpent, yeah. Yeah, once the, every time the world serpent moves, the water level goes down a bit, so it opens up some new areas and new chests and new portal challenges. And you would think that's repetitive, but it's super fun to explore. It again. really is, because you get to hear more stories from Amir. Yes. <laughs> Mimi. <laughs> like, I was just rowing for hours, like, hitting all of those uh, golden shinies yeah. in the water. Yeah. While listening to him talk. Uh -huh. And I'm just, I love this. <laughs> and those golden shinies, they just keep respawning. You're they picking do. up the same stuff over and yes, over again. Yes, but I don't care. Right. But you get to listen to Mimir keep talking. Yeah, it's, it, there's not one character in that game that felt out of place. Not at all. It, no. There was not an overabundance of characters. I think that's what contributed to its strengths. I, I completely agree. There were a few side characters. There was the witch that you meet pretty close to the beginning. There's Freya, the dwarf yeah. brothers. Yeah, yeah. Well, that might be a bit of a spoiler. <laughs> Oh, right. That's <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, the, the dwarf brothers, and then there's the, uh, the the people that keep constantly attacking you throughout the game. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much all the characters in the game that yes. you need to worry about, yes. besides Mimir and Atreus mm -hmm. and Kratos, obviously. And uh, I will say, I think what also made it such a standout game is that it took this character that was so defined, and it just completely opened the door on the future of this franchise. I yes. think that's what I love about it so much. It's technically a new, brand new game, but it's like a continuation of a 
like a, like a story. Yeah. For this particular character, like I can't wait to see what the next game is going to be about. You can get invested in it. <laughs> you can get invested in Kratos in the current God of War without having played any of those past ones. That's true. But yes. they make so many slight references to it. And it's not like they're just making references. Oh, yeah, they're talking about the game that I like from years ago. They're making references to it to explain why Kratos thinks the way that he thinks. Yes. And it's not in an over non-fashion. It's, it is the perfect blend, like Kyle said, of linear and open world games. The characters were better than I thought they could have been in that style of game. Because really I didn't well care for too. any character yeah. in any God of War game before this. Because mm-hmm. all the other characters... They were so were... disposable. Right. Back they, then. They all just had one emotion they stuck with that the entire time. Yeah. And everybody yelled. <laughs> yeah. Corey, uh... Is it Balrog? Corey Balrog? <laughs> Barlog. Barlog. Oh, I was thinking of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he's not a Balrog. <laughs> well... Corey Barlog. I don't know. Uh, he shall not pass. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine that's a really hard task to take an old game franchise mm-hmm. that's well established and like push it forward into a new direction mm-hmm. and make it innovative at the same time. Like, I just have to give it up to him. He was an incredible director for this It'd game. It'd be like if they wanted to make an open world RPG out of Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> <laughs> Or he yeah. wants nothing to do with music anymore. Because, <laughs> or I mean, Onion Teachers. I, I imagine Assassin's Creed is like this, but the way you develop Kratos from a gameplay perspective, like RPG elements, you level up. Mm-hmm. You level up your armor. Mm-hmm. Like It just made so much more sense for the progression of the game. And the, the chests that were found throughout the game, while still kind of being in the same vein as they were in the original God of War games, mm-hmm. they didn't feel out of place in an open world. Because a lot of them you had to work for. You had to look for. Yeah, you had to really, like, keep your eye out for them. And some of those, those ones that you had to hit, like, three bells or hit the three lights, the yeah. three runes. Um, some of those were actually kind of challenging to find the third one or to hit them all within a specific amount of time. Not only that, but also the other realms. Like, I feel like each realm had its own distinct identity. Muspelheim can die. Well, yeah, I didn't particularly enjoy that either. But I loved uh, Alfheim and all the other ones that we got to visit. Yeah, even Helheim felt great. It was honestly. awesome, yeah. It, it was pretty cool. Oh, my God. That game is worth... I, I kind of want to play it again now, just talking about it. Yeah, there's a new game plus for it. Yeah. Yes. And the fact that they said that that game is what the game is before mm-hmm. the game came out. It's one game, beginning to end. Full single player story, no DLC, no microtransactions. I'm happy about that too. It's yeah, and they led up into a sequel. They're just oh, going, I can't wait for it. It's they, gonna be incredible. There has to be a sequel, especially now that it won Game of the Year at the Pushing Button it podcast. They'll have a sequel. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a new trilogy. Don't worry. <laughs> I hope they don't. I, I hate it when something is announced as a trilogy in advance. This is going to be a great game trilogy. Mass Effect. I thought the same thing about. They announced I, Mass I don't Effect have as any a trilogy. Doubt about this one. They they announced Mass Effect as a trilogy before that came out, before the first one came out. I was honestly disappointed with God of War 3. I, I was too. I didn't I, finish I, it. I did not like it. I, I, I loved God of played. War. I loved God of War 2. It was God of War 2 a was fantastic game, yeah. and it left me with chills. Yes, yes. And I was looking so forward to playing God of War 3. I didn't play much past, I think, the the second yeah, level, yeah. if you want to say that. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't play far into that game. I didn't care for yeah, it. Yeah, Robert probably remembers this. There's this whole portion with Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. Because you had the dragon everywhere with you, and I just hated it. Ugh. It was horrible. 
this had some great set pieces though. But it did. But I didn't have experience with the first two, so I I enjoyed it quite a bit. But. I love the mythology, like the Greek mythology, in the first mm-hmm. in the original games, and the the concept of Kratos being the god of war. Oh, I forgot something. Atreus having him as your combat ally with the archery. That felt felt like that felt uh, good too. It was almost in the same vein as Bioshock Infinite having Elizabeth with you. Yeah. Like, it, it was wasn't, actually useful. Though. It wasn't an escort mission. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Elizabeth would also, like, throw you ammo or mm-hmm. whatever, but oh, God. <laughs> it, it didn't feel like a hindrance to have Atreus around. And I guess that's the comparison I was making with Elizabeth. Yeah, but, but yeah, the fact that you could actually aim and hit the, the R2 button, uh, for me it was R2 because I switched the oh, control right, scheme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, yeah, if you hit the button, a trace would shoot at what you're aiming at. It, it felt really great. Natural. Yep. Nice. It really did. Mm-hmm. You Very could control one and a half people, essentially. <laughs> God of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say fun That's of it. war. That's God it. fun war. <laughs> God of fun. That's who Kratos is. That's his real identity. Uh, that was the true game of the year, in my opinion. And Kyle and I both put that at the top. Number one. Yeah. I agree, too, and I haven't even played it. So. <laughs> you will. You'll see the light. It was definitely my game of the year before like the Game Awards uh, came by, and I was expecting Red Dead 2 to win that. So I was like, oh, that, that, it's okay, because we're going to have a different game. But no, our game of the year ended up being the same as them. <laughs> that just means we have really good opinions and ideas and thoughts and experiences. Yeah. In the video game industry. <laughs> That's what this podcast is all about. Now time to do the intro, right? <laughs> we never yeah, did what we, did what we do in the last two weeks, guys? You know, do, do, yeah, if you guys want to stop listening, go for it. That's the, the end of the, the game of the year stuff. I do kind of want to talk about what we've been up to the last two weeks. What have we? Let's oh, we're normal, switching it up. Let's do our intro right now. All, all right, right, now we get what to our real episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle in. <laughs> Have you done anything the last couple of weeks, Robert? Uh, we did stream the Game Awards. We did stream the Game Awards. Yes, we were on camera for the very been, first time. Yes, How was that? That was, that was exciting. How would you like that? Me? Yeah. Because like that was your first time doing it. Wasn't it your first time, too, being on well, camera? Well, we streamed before, but that was our first time. But on camera. On camera. Yeah. It was my first. I think it was. I never really expected myself to be like in a podcast format live. Oh, I see. And mm-hmm. that's what that was. Mm-hmm. And we also did an unboxing of The Binding of Isaac Four Souls, which true. was that's fantastic. True. We're going to play that at some point. This weekend. That uh, might be fun. Yes. I can. Oh. I'm going to be busy for the next. Oh, yeah. Foreseeable. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, I also found out I, I don't have to take high-res pictures of all the cards for me to do a video on it. There's that's a right. website with all of them up there. I saw that, yeah. It's great. Have you played any games the last couple weeks, though? Uh, just Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Like right after I beat uh, Red Dead, I think that was in the past two weeks. Gotcha. And then yeah, mm-hmm. I've been playing mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed. Um, wanting to pick up Spyro again, but I haven't. And now it looks like I won't be having time for many games for the next <laughs> couple weeks. So the next episode's going to be boring on that front. But. <laughs> <laughs> about you, Kyle? Oh man, you guys saw what I was up to. Uh-huh. Uh, that's true. I have been watching a lot of streaming. I've watched a lot. That's been slash pushing button. Yes, I've been putting in the work. Been giving me my video game kick. <laughs> yeah, man, Celeste was one hell of a ride. I loved streaming that game. You saw how awesome that was. Mm-hmm. And uh, holy crap, I would say it's between that and Cuphead for me, for my favorite game stream this year. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I think Cuphead kind of edges out a little bit because that was like my first real 
stream right where i had like full gusto <laughs> and uh who's I had gus the why do you have his toe i don't know gusto i see what you did there it's <laughs> the way you said it the gusto i mean other than that though uh i haven't really been playing much else aside from ashen and super smash brothers and that's really it for me. That was the cool thing about the Game Awards is that they announced that Ashen was out now. Oh, that yeah. If you haven't seen the video of my I reaction, when they do stuff like that, I was yeah. floored by that. So speaking of things that I missed during the Game Awards, you guys were saying that oh, Kevin, you missed the new Super Giant game, uh, Hades. Hades, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm gonna play it. Oh, I've been watching it a lot, and it's in early access right now. Yeah, and it's only on Epic Games in early Which access also right sucks. now. Yeah. Um, I. <sighs> I don't like the art style. Really? For that type of game. It looks like Transistor, but more cartoony. It's, yeah, a bit more cartoony. Yeah. And I don't care for that. Hmm. But beyond that, the gameplay looks odd in a way that I can't really explain. Hmm. It's it's not pure hack and slash. It is, it's a roguelike hack and slash, but it's not pure hack and slash. It's got... I don't... The delays in the, the attacks feel weird. I hate slow combat. It just looks slow. I have to watch it again or play it, but I've been watching. I've watched a few hours of it now mm-hmm. on Twitch, and I don't know. I might give it a shot at some point, but I really don't feel like I want to pay money for it. <laughs> I might be I f- playing Dead Cells. One game I forgot to mention at the end of the awards that I thought looked interesting was the new Patrice Desolais game. It's the one where you're the remember you're like the the ancestors of man, and it's oh, going through like it's like the the monkey. Yeah, what's I can't like remember what it's called. Looking one, but uh, like you, I watched like ten or fifteen minutes on Gamespot. They had him; he was actually playing the game. Oh, okay. And uh, it it looked pretty interesting. Like you're playing, it's kind of like survival, I guess, because you're a monkey basically. But it seems like it's going to be like different chapters. Uh, let's just like. Going through the history of mankind, how you like learn to use tools and stuff, and mm-hmm. it looked pretty cool. Mm. I like odd games like that, so yeah, nice. I was I excited. I remember what it was called. <laughs> that game from uh, Hello Games. It's apparently only two guys from Hello Games that are yeah. working on it, which kind of piques so, my interest. Honestly, I'm excited mm-hmm. to see more about that. It, it gives you faith, right? Those... Two guys can make a game like that, then maybe you can finally make something. <laughs> <laughs> well, not just that. I love uh, Labors of Passion. Stardew mm-hmm. Valley really pulled the right strings with me because it was a labor of passion. Um, Project Warlock, the one game that I've been playing the last couple of weeks, it was a game that, well, it was a total surprise, but it's it's obvious that the guys that made that game care mm-hmm. about the source material that they're basing their stuff off of, and that's the kind of stuff I love. Um, I guess that's all I've been doing the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I haven't really been watching any shows, really, or movies. Nothing. Really I've been that. watching lots of. Uh, I've been catching up on old uh, John Oliver last week tonight on oh. YouTube. It's on YouTube. <laughs> At least the main segments of every episode mm-hmm. they upload to the last week tonight YouTube channel, which is a fun way to watch it, I guess, because I don't have to pay for HBO that way. There and you it's, go. It's a legal, legitimate way. Yeah. It's a legal, legitimate way. I didn't want that to sound like I said it's illegal. <laughs> illegal legitimate. <laughs> right. So I don't know if you guys want to talk about this now or during the Marvelous episode, but uh, the new Avengers trailer dropped. We can talk about that for a minute. Yeah. Don't go into detail about it, but 
Yeah. I did watch it. I'm not a trailer guy, and I watched the trailer a couple times. I'm excited for it. Were you wait, one of those ones that were waiting for it to drop, and you're just like, when's it going to drop already? I had no were idea you just, you were just pleasantly surprised you when you about it. it. Yeah, it was your your tweet that uh, at Too Spooky for Robert. It was your tweet yes. that oh, got me. You and I went to Metallica, didn't we? We haven't talked we about did. that. We didn't talk about that. No. Oh, my no. God, because, yeah, we... We our last episode aired one day before yes, we Yes, yes. Yeah. We went to Metallica. Metallica rocked the Moda Center in Portland and that oh, yeah. was fantastic. Fun yeah. time, man. That was great. So I that didn't bring great. this up to you. I was mm-hmm. kinda waiting for something like this to see if I could embarrass you a little bit. <laughs> okay. Your random woohoo throughout the show. Your way of showing excitement for metal is not very metal, but it was fantastic because it was very Kyle. Man, I don't remember that. You, you, you would probably go, involuntary. Yeah, it probably was because that was your legitimate reaction. You just randomly go, woohoo! <laughs> like the Pillsbury <laughs> Doughboy throughout the I was like Mario. the show. <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> hey, I didn't have to. That wasn't me editing anything out. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yahoo! In the future. That was good. <laughs> Man, I got to say, uh, when they played... Uh, fade to black. That was like a huge moment. For Welcome me. home, sanitarium. That was great too. I you know. so if you can find a video of them playing this live, I, it's not going to be the exact same for you. But Welcome home, sanitarium. When they started playing that, I described it to Kyle as me having a religious experience. And I used to go to church all the time. Uh, I used to love having those that that feeling, and that's what this did for me. Was it brought me back to, but it was metal, so I loved it. It was very cathartic. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah. It was like a long dream of ours that we've had for so long. But not just that. And we finally attained it. Absolutely. But, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but I, it was just one of those moments when you're hearing something that makes so much sense and you can just close your eyes. And I did. I closed my eyes when that, when they were playing that song mm. and I was screaming along pretty much at the top of my lungs and, I, I was feeling every every chord, every drum beat. It was nice. uh, it was the most perfect musical experience. It was I've totally ever worth had going to see life. them, man. It was a great concert. It was worth paying the, for those effing <laughs> tickets, man. Those were some expensive tickets. Oh my goodness! Uh, I think it's funny how we didn't remember that, even though you're wearing a Metallica shirt today. I am. I'm, this is the shirt that I wore to the freaking concert, man. It's your podcast shirt. And since it was in Portland, there was a lot of people smoking that very legal marijuana. Oh man, there was a lot of that. I intentionally said that weird, just yes. so you're aware. Man, I'm talking to the microphone like it's a camera. I'm looking uh, right at it. They killed it though. Uh, even their newer songs, I love listening to. I liked listening to those live more than I did a lot of their older stuff. Like I didn't care for Enter Sandman. I've never cared for Enter Sandman, but it's like Sad but True, Fuel. Yeah, uh, that kind of thing. Whatever. It didn't have the same energy as their initial recordings. Fuel did. Fuel was great. That was the first song that they. That was like halfway through their set, and they had Pyro. That was awesome as yeah. hell. That was the first time it showed up and, and the fireworks at the end for uh entertainment yeah i know you hate that song but that was the one time i actually enjoyed listening to that song <laughs> it was great they had to hit i loved like, it all the hits but yeah. yeah that was that was one of the highlights of my year and i've had a really good year i went yeah. to las vegas in january for my 30th birthday yeah i went to metallica i've gone to two wwe shows which i i don't want since now i don't watch wwe it doesn't quite mean as much mm-hmm Raw, WWE Raw is coming back to Portland uh, in February. Nice. I'm so not going. <laughs> okay, not nice. Uh, I don't care. 
I still love professional nice. wrestling. I just not watching WWE. I'm not boycotting it. It's just it doesn't interest me anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, looking back on 2018 as a whole, I just played a lot of games that were open world, and I wish I hadn't. Even though I know I needed to play those. You needed to? Yes, because okay. they were huge games from last year. I missed out on all of them, like Horizon and Assassin's Creed Origins and the later half of Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I mean, I'm really glad I got to finish those this year. But I'm definitely going to go into 2019 playing the new releases as they come out. And speaking of 2019, in two weeks' time, uh, January 1st. Yes. Actually, New Year's Day will be the next episode of this here very podcast mm-hmm. where we'll be talking about the stuff that we're looking forward to in 2019, Hell particularly yeah. February 15th and 22nd, because <laughs> yes. that's when all the major releases... And the end of January. <laughs> yeah. I, it's going to be a crazy time. Insane. I'll try to come with a list of stuff that's scheduled specifically for February 15th and 22nd, because mm-hmm. there's like seven or eight major AAA titles it's coming gonna out. It's going to be a crazy month. Insane. I just wonder how many of them are going to get delayed. Hopefully but all of them. We'll <laughs> talk about that next week. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us in the meantime, uh, feel free to leave us a comment here on this very uh, podcast or video, however you're getting this content. Yeah, tell us your game of the year. Maybe, give us a like. Yeah. Give us a uh, subscribe. Yeah, let us know. what Kyle, Like Kyle was saying, let us know your game of the year. You can hit us up on Twitter, at PushingButtonsP. You can hit us up individually on Twitter. I, Kevin, am at ImpulseG66. Robert is too spooky for Robert. The numbers, not the letters. That's true. And at Monumentous Kyle, where you can get latest updates on when we'll be streaming. Yeah. And we lately, we've been streaming practically every day. Trying to. And uh, there's something for everybody because I am personally a variety streamer. I don't ever finish games. I just play games that feel like they're going to be fun to play. And In the moment. I'm super interactive with uh, the audience while I'm doing that. Kyle is the completionist and he'll play a game to death and it is incredible. I'm the extremist of the group. <laughs> <laughs> Take that as you will. It is incredible to watch when he gets in the zone, auto zone for, I should cut that. Yes, not a sponsor. <laughs> when he gets involved though that heavily in a game like Celeste or uh, Cuphead or any of those, even Ashen to a point when yeah. you were doing that one room where he kept dying. Yes. That, just watching you do that and the level of enthusiasm that you have and you bring to it is incredible. It's hard to look away. Exactly. Twitch.tv slash. <laughs> it's like a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> Twitch.tv slash pushing buttons. Uh, leave us a follow there if you want to be notified anytime that we go live. Uh, however you're listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We will be back in two weeks time in the new year. Pushing buttons podcast.com is how you keep up with everything that we're doing until next time. We'll see you then. Adios. Thanks for listening and good night. Love you for the last time in 2018. Woohoo! See you next year. <laughs> <laughs>